It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Being a parent can be really challenging. It's normal to feel uncertain about whether you're doing the right things to raise healthy and happy children. That's why Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them build confidence in their parenting journey. Everyone deserves to have someone they can turn to for support with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. And what is up, GC Live fam? We are here, Wes Mitchell, Chris Clark, Tuesday episode of the show. Chris and I were just at lunch, and we were able to bump into a uh, a very fine Gamecock Central slash GC Live supporter. He said, hey guys, I need a show to listen to on the way home. So uh, shout out to you, sir. I don't even think we caught your name, but we appreciate the support. And uh, here it is. Here's a show. Just for you, if anybody else wants to listen, they can listen as well. He is Chris Clark. Again, I'm Wes Mitchell. This show is brought to you by our good buddy, Clint Hammond, a super Gamecock fan and a super mortgage dude. He's Clint Hammond of the Mortgage Network, 803-771-6933. If you're in the market for a new home, just give Clint a shout. Shoot him an email, C Hammond. That's the letter C, Hammond at mortgagenetwork.com. His NMLS number is 71597. Whatever questions you may have. Um, Clint will help you out through that process. We'll tell you a little bit later on about our other primary GC Live sponsor uh, later on the show. Chris, what's up, man? How we doing? Man, excitement is building. I think we, we've had a bunch of conversations today, whether just about Gamecock Central stuff, tickets, the schedule, uh, doing the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs on 107.5, talking about some of that same stuff, lunch, we're talking about a bunch of different Gamecock-related things, roster composition, and and just realizing how close we're getting. 25 days away. I mean, I I really have continued to sense the excitement building among the Gamecock fan base. And I've had my head down so much working on all these different things that when I have a second to come up for air, I'm like, you know what? This is getting really, really close. And so I'm starting to get excited now. Yeah, it is, man. So uh, speaking of 107.5, shout out to my buddy WG, Bill Gunner. He always marks the start of kickoff or like the start of the football season when you go to the grocery store and you you look at the milk. And if the milk carton best buy date is on or after the date of game one of kickoff, then that's how you know it's here. Um, and we're not talking about, you know, like the different, I know like almond milk and all that stuff probably lasts longer. Legitimately traditional dairy milk. When it, when it says, you know, drink by September 4th, football season is here. It's upon us. So I've always stole that from him. I, I thought that was kind of cool. I have not seen one yet that matches that, but we are, we're getting very, very close to reaching 
that point. Uh, plenty to talk about. We got to hit a little bit of recruiting today as well. And uh, Chris, we got to start with practice though. Practice observations. We had a uh, we had a Friday practice where we got to watch a little bit of it. Then we had the Monday practice as well. Of course, we are live and recording this on Tuesday afternoon. Some players spoke today. I'll try to share a few notes from that. Uh, Colin Taylor, Michael Sauls for Gamecock Central are both at the media availability. So, Chris, let's go back to practice yesterday. A small glimpse at some 11-on-11. Other than that, you know, actually first 11-on-11 we've seen in the two practices this this season so far, this preseason. Give me uh, your first takeaway from practice. Well, I'm going to try not to rip off blatantly from you a couple that you mentioned earlier that were really good points that I probably would have also made. We did – here's something that stood out. We did get to see some very, very quick glimpses of 11 on 11. And to kind of set the scene for people who weren't there, uh, you know, it was basically some plays run in rapid succession with an 11 on offense versus an 11 on defense, very quick play, move down the field. And then there's a group or two behind them and they're all kind of gradually going down the field, doing this very fast paced, very quick. And so we're all, okay, who, who's where, you know, taking different notes and things like that. One thing that stood out to me is just some of some of the new faces and how they're integrating, right? Just continuing to see, I mean, no surprise, but seeing Spencer Rattler out there, seeing Juice Wells out there, we saw them during the spring, but, you know, now Austin Stogner's in the mix. So now you're seeing some packages where you've got Stogner and Jaheim Bell out there at the same time. You know, and and that just kind of gets your wheels turning of some of the possibilities there. You see, you know, Corey Rucker out there working in. Um, Seeing some of the combinations even defensively, and this one is kind of a ripoff of one observation you had earlier, but, you know, seeing that yesterday, for some reason, we don't know if this means much or if it's just rotating in, but Mokaba working with the ones, as I think Debo Williams was as well. was that just working them in with the ones because they're going to be playing a lot? Maybe, or maybe something more, but uh, just seeing some of the different combinations and, and continuing to see some of the new faces and how they're, you know, integrating and how important they're going to be to this year's team. Yeah, man. And I'll say this. I, I actually noticed when um, we're out there day one, they, they didn't really do like any 11, 11 that we saw. I'm sure they did it later on in practice. Um, but just with them rolling the linebackers out there when they were just working on getting like lined up basically in a drill, I noticed that those two guys went out there first. And it was one of those things that I just noted in the back of my head, but I didn't I didn't even post it anywhere or, you know, mention it on a show or anything because I was just like, it's probably nothing. That probably doesn't mean anything. But then when I combined that with, um, you know, us seeing that yesterday, combine it with um, – Clayton White really talked up Mo Caba to Kylan Taylor. I think this was at see either at the golf outing or at the media day. I think it was at the media day, but um, you know, just basically said Caba has has made huge strides this offseason. And you know, when I add all those things up, I'm not sitting here saying you know pencil him in, but I I think that's I think that's a great sign, man, because. We, we always talk about linebacker depth. And when I say always, I mean like the last couple of years, last few years, that's been a big concern. Um, you know, even go back, you know, 
last year, it seems like the year before, and maybe even the year before that, it seemed like you'd go into the season. South Carolina would feel pretty good about their starters at linebacker, but there would be major questions behind them. And now you're talking about um, if we can assume that Kaba is starting to maybe push there, at the very least, not even just assuming he's first team, let's just assume he's pushing out of this, then um, that means at at the very least, like if he's just pushing that, you have you have two like ultra veterans, like, you know, both six-tier guys, I think, in Brad and Sherrod. Yep. And then you have Mo and then, you know, Debo Williams right out there with him, who, again, very least are providing some competition and could provide excellent uh, depth there. At the most, if you're talking about Kaba beating one of those guys out, then that means he's earned the spot over players who have started before. And in that case, now you have a super senior or two super seniors. If Debo Williams were to push into that mix as well, um, you have two super seniors or a super senior possibly backing those guys up. So either way, I think either way, man, you're talking about increased depth at the linebacker position this year. Yeah, it's it's a win-win. And it's a great point. It's been a theme the past couple, at least. I'll go with you. I'm like, trying to go back in my head a couple at least but maybe it's a few run together years. right it does run together because it's been such a consistent theme and that you've got a couple starters i remember even last year clayton white going into year one with the beamer area era at last year's media day was saying you'd like to have three to five linebackers you've got to have three and really last year carolina didn't really have three right because Start out last year, you've got Sherrod and Brad. You've got Damani Staley, and you've got Mo Kaba, who, again, very young Mo Kaba, still not ready Mo Kaba. Um, Sherrod goes down on the second play of the game, I think it was, against Georgia. So now your top reserve in Damani Staley, a senior who has a lot of experience, he is now your starter alongside Brad Johnson, and you don't really feel good and you don't really trust your depth behind it. So what that ends up being is Brad and Damani, especially Damani, end up playing way too many snaps. And in games where you're getting into the 70s, 80s on your snap counts, that's a big problem. doesn't matter how good the player is. You don't want to have to play a guy that many snaps. And so that has been a huge issue. So if you can go into this year with a one-year-older Debo Williams, who's now acclimated after a year in the program, with a Mo Kaba that's, Always had great physical talent, but had a knee injury in high school. If he's learned, grown, developed, waiting his turn, and now you've got two six-year guys in front of him who both bring some things to the table, either way it shakes out. Whether one of the guys is a depth guy, one of the guys is a starter, whatever combination you make of it, if you can go in feeling good that you have four as opposed to three, that makes a significant difference, you know, going past just who's going to be the starter. Yeah, it does, man. I, I think it, it kind of, I guess, reminds me a little bit here to, just to remember, hey, for one, I remember when Mo Kaba's class got here. And, you know, Chris and I will always start to hear, hey, this guy has caught the attention of the staff. This guy has been impressive in, you know, just in workouts, in the weight room. And we always, you know, we'll mention those guys, but we always sort of have to say, look, 
this is this is weight room work. This doesn't always translate to the field. But do you remember it was it was Luke Doty, it was Marshawn Lloyd, and it was Mo Kaba. Those were the three guys that I feel like made the quickest impression to the staff when they arrived at South Carolina. Granted, you know, that was the prior staff at the time, but um as far as work ethic and just being impressive in the weight room, Mo Cobb was right up there with Doty and Lloyd. So, you know, it, it's taken a little bit of time. He's had to recover from some injuries. That's part of it. But if he could settle in, obviously, you know, I'm starting to repeat myself here, but if he could settle in, that would be excellent for, for this program, for this team. And, you know, even Debo Williams, I think we all felt like you pop on his film. And, you know, when South Carolina landed him as a transfer last year, we were sitting there saying, wow, like this guy could be a steal, but then he does, you know, he doesn't make just an immediate impact. And maybe people um, start changing their opinions a little bit. And you have to remind yourself, hey, he, even though he was a transfer, he was still a freshman. Like uh, they didn't even play a season because of COVID, you know, at Delaware, where he had transferred from. So I, I think we got to put all those things into context. And then another layer to this. Stone Blanton has um, turned some eyes early on, just uh, you know, as far as weight room stuff. And then you go back. Um, Donovan uh, Westmoreland had a really, I would say, a surprise spring. Like I think you can go that far. He had a really strong spring for a true freshman at linebacker. You don't want to have to. You don't want to have to count on Donovan to go out there and play a bunch of snaps. But if those two are like your third group. And you're going by twos in this four two five. I, I think you feel much better about that spot than you probably have in, in a long time. Um, right, right now, Chris, to me, the position that is comparable to what we used to say about linebacker is now safety. Absolutely, that that is a you know. In one of your other observations, I'll, you I'll take this one. I will let you keep it. Right. Okay. Yeah, right. I'm gonna let you keep it. But you you feel like you've got two starters. You know, you've got Devonnie Reed, who Devonnie Reed is another one of the guys on this roster, like a Juice Wells on offense, like a Corey Rucker on offense. That they've done it. They've done it at a high level, at a lower level in terms of where they played. But they have been very productive players. Devonnie Reed got here. We heard nothing but positive things about him from the time he got to South Carolina. Then you have RJ Roderick, who's played a lot of football beyond those guys. You have a lot of guys that have not done it, you know, whether um, they're a little bit older, but they just haven't played as much. Um, Whether it's a guy that really hasn't played at all, you know, Peyton Williams at safety, you know, for instance, you just have a lot of guys that haven't played. And so, if you have an injury or you get down to that next level, it becomes much more of a crapshoot because now you're going to be playing somebody that you don't, you aren't really sure, you know, what you're getting out of that player potentially. Yeah. And I think, man, um, every team has, every team has these issues, questions, even, I don't even know if you say they're issues yet. Every team in the country, I would dare say even, even Alabama probably has a spot or two. And, you know, it's probably a little different conversation. They're probably like, well, we don't have a third-string guy here that could come in and play. You know, the problems are maybe to a different level, to a different extent, but every team has their areas they're circling saying, I hope there are no injuries here. And, you know, I think for South Carolina, that safety 
I can already tell um, I'm probably going to over – I'm going to overuse this one, but I, I'm going to say it just because I don't know if I've said it on GC Live as much. But um, I'm driving the Nick Emanwari uh, hype train right now. And, again, you know, you and I talked about it. It's it's not just about that I, I think, you know, everything you hear, Nick, we knew fantastic athletic ability here, like fantastic comment when you talk about combination, size, speed, strength. Dude has it in spades. Well, then you start hearing things like, hey, he picks things up incredibly quickly, and you just pair that with the what we just talked about, that South Carolina needs safety help. It, it only makes sense that he is going to be in the mix. So um, for those who – didn't read our observations. Eamon Worry was working in there with the twos. And then Tyrese Ross, a little bit of a forgotten guy. Had some hype very, very early in camp last year as a big hitter. Then that just kind of disappeared, Chris. We didn't hear much about him at all. So those those are two guys, though, that I, I'm sitting there, and it's completely different stories. One's brand new. One was a transfer last year. But I, I think you got to circle them, and it seems like they're going to get every opportunity to maybe show they are ready. Um, I, I don't see anybody taking the starting spots, but you got to have depth. Those are the two guys I think you circle early on, man, as um, as being like guys to watch out for. Yeah, and the Ross one was interesting because very early on, like you said, we heard some things about how he could hit. And I remember Clayton White being asked in a media setting about that, about – and he kind of had that smile and was like, when he hit something, yeah, <laughs> you know, it, it was kind of funny. Um, I think, you know, he just kind of maybe hit a wall, right, last year a little bit. And so wasn't as big of a factor as maybe we thought he would end up being. Even Warrior's a guy that's going to factor in in a, in a huge way. Um, I know Torian Gray, DB coach for South Carolina, behind the scenes as, as talked or maybe even publicly, but we've, we've heard some things behind the scenes that the comparison has been made to cam chancellor of Virginia tech. If you remember him, great player there, kind of a similar skill set. So it's not out of the question that one or both of those guys see the field this year and they're going to need them. You know, maybe it's a special teams role. Maybe it's a few reserve snaps here and there they're going to have to mix and match a little bit in the secondary potentially, especially if there's an injury, but Eamon war is a, a fascinating player Wes, because in high school, he did everything from receiver to defensive end to linebacker to DB. And, you know, I, maybe you can be a little bit skeptical about these totals. You know, maybe they're a little bit liberal in how you count a tackle, but do you remember Eamon Warry's stats from last season right from his senior year at Irmo I don't remember the numbers but I remember them being insane astronomical he had 232 tackles that's assists plus solos four sacks eight forced fumbles is what the Irmo had him at according to Max Prep so um, really productive guy who can fill the stat sheet you know he's actually got to talk to Nick a little bit at the last media day and he was just talking about, you know, mentally picking things up, but that physically he feels like he's fast enough to cover and run with everybody. And he's big enough to come fill the alleys and, and help you in the run game. And he's right. I mean, he's a physically imposing guy. I was about to say, I will agree with him on, on all those accounts. And our guy, Pete Limbo has got to be looking at this kid saying, I, 
you're, you're playing, you're, you're going to be on one of my teams, right? And probably, <laughs> probably many of Limbo's teams, assuming he doesn't end up, you know, unless there's an injury at safety and he's just having to go play every day at safety. Special teams coaches dream, I think, when you look at a guy that big that can run that fast. Um, you know, you mentioned his stats, you know, numbers regarding his stats. All I could think of was his numbers at camp when he came in and just blew it up. Um, you know, great size, great speed. And we wondered, hey, is this guy going to one day be – and he still could be. Is he going to grow into a linebacker? Is he more of like your traditional South Carolina Ellis Johnson defense spur almost, like hybrid guy? Um, it, I mean, I, I think it was his head coach, um, Coach Brand, that mentioned, you know, this kid could end up being a pass rusher. Um, you know, depending on how big he gets. So I, I think um, either way, good get for South Carolina, but I think it's a good sign for South Carolina that he's already starting to get mentions. And again, here's the thing. It's it's a very quick portion of practice. You don't – it's not the gospel. These You know, the 11-11 does not give you a true depth chart. But I think at safety, knowing with what they were looking at, in the spring, you know, you had walk-ons rotating in there with the twos, sometimes with the ones probably. I think it is worth mentioning, you know, that he's already working out there with the twos. There's some other spots, and we had – it was kind of funny, man. I mean, this just tells you the, the passion, the excitement is is ramping up because on our, our observations on, on GC on Monday, I was like, hey, guys, do not read into the guys that are working with the ones. Just don't read into it. We're going to note it for you because we're out there. You deserve to know. That's part of what Gamecock Central is all about. But don't read into it. Four of the first five comments are reading into Jordan Birch. Why was he not with the ones? And Jaheim Bell. And I'm like, gosh, Jaheim Bell is quite literally probably going to be the focal point of this offense. This year. Right. There will be – when South Carolina runs out there and you've had 15 still hands beers before you go out there to watch the game against Georgia State and the new LED lights are going off and the band is going nuts, I promise you, if he is healthy, number zero will be on the field for South Carolina. So that just goes to show you they could be working on any number of things. It could be a particular package. It could be that they're giving this guy a, a breather on the the couple of plays we see. It could be that they wanted him to work on something just on the side, some specific thing, right, like some fundamental. So, you know, I, I think we do kind of take these things a little bit too far. But that said, um, you know, other notes, Dylan Wanham, uh, already back working with with the ones at right tackle, uh, you know, it was said by Greg Atkins that he's going to work Wanamaker and Wanam in there with the ones at time in camp. I think that tracks like that makes sense. They've both kind of earned some reps, I think, with the ones. Marshawn Lloyd, no surprise. He was with the ones at running back. Spencer Rattler with the ones. I did think it was interesting. We got to see a, a package where it was Stogner and Nate Atkins on the field at tight end at the same time. I would think that would be probably more of a – hey, you're going to go two tights and probably try to run the football a bit, you know? Yeah, and, you know, there's so many – when we're going over these players, it's just so – 
it always just pops in my head. Okay. How, how, what's this guy's role? Like obviously Jaheim Bell, like find as many ways to get him the ball as possible. You know, Austin Stogner, then, okay, what are these combinations? But like, there's a couple of guys that came up in the comments I wanted to address. Plus the guy that you just mentioned, Nate Atkins, you know, he, he doesn't look like your traditional sec tight end. He looks a little bit more like a fullback. Right. But I think he's going to have a role on this team. He does have very soft hands, but I think he can help as a blocker. I think he could help as a pass catcher. A couple other guys, Wes, came up in the comments. I wanted us to hit on Dante Miller. I want to get your thoughts on Dante. And Lavoisier Carroll, we've had a few people ask about him here and in the past. So just to go ahead and hit him. Interesting skill set because he's a taller guy. Um, when he got to Georgia, he transitioned to play DB. So when he transfers from Georgia, he comes to South Carolina. Now you've got to basically kind of retrain him in a way. I mean, obviously he has the background. He's not playing a foreign position, but now you're, you're changing things. Um, you've got a guy used to, you know, backpedaling and shuffling and playing on defense and trying to avoid contact. Now it's getting him back into that running back mentality. So they've gotten his weight back up to where I think he's 205 pounds. He's still 6'1". He still runs a little bit upright. So one of the things that, you know, you're going to see this preseason is Monterio Hardesty, running backs coach, is going to have him working in the shoots a little bit, working on his pad level, working on getting him low. But he's still a guy that can really run. He's fast when he gets to the edges. But it's just kind of getting him bigger, getting him used to that kind of running back mentality again, and then adding some weight to him. So, Definitely some guys ahead of Lavoisier Carroll right now, namely, you know, Marshawn Lloyd and CBS, Christian Beal Smith, also Juju McDowell, who's another guy that, you know, can do so many different things for you. Yeah, Juju, Juju's headed towards fan favorite um, category, I think. Um, yeah, Craig mentioning Dante Miller, a uh, little turbo. Craig says no one mentions him. I feel like we mention, we mention Dante more than most, man. Um, I, I've said this before. Don, Dante is going to help this football team. Like, I, it, it's going to be hard to get a bunch of carries with the group we just mentioned. But Dante Miller, this team's better with Dante Miller on it than off. I, I think is the way you say it. But be it special teams, be it just filling in a carry here, a carry there. You never know how a season's going to play out, especially at the running back position. Man, you just do not know. Um. When that's a position guys get dinged up. Even if you're not talking about the big injury, you get banged up, you have bruises, you have ankles, you, you know, there's a lot that can happen at that spot. So you can never have enough depth. And, you know, Chris, I know you talked to you talked to Hardesty for for a while, I think, at Media Days. He he's got a different group this year, obviously, but he does still seem pretty excited about the bunch, you would say you would say. And even um the other guy, I mean, Rashad Amos, he he, he almost he really almost never gets mentioned, and I I really think Amos is a pretty solid back man. Like he he looks, he physically looks incredible. Um, did uh did uh, Hardesty talk about him any at all when y'all talked? Did you ask him about him? Yeah, I mean, it, it would kind of be between. Uh, Amos and Jordan Birch for like the biggest tree trunk legs on the team. I mean, the dude he's put together, I think he's uh, about 225 or 230 with about 6% body fat. So, I mean, he he's, he's really put together the, the, the issue for Rashad Amos has been 
you know, unfortunately he was banged up last preseason and then he's banged up in the spring. And so he's just gotten behind the eight ball a little bit. We lost you, Chris. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, Last year, you have Kevin Harris, Saquandre White, Juju McDowell. And for a lot of different reasons, there was never really like that guy. Like, you remember, it was Saquandre, then he disappears. Now Saquandre again. And so I think what they want to get back to this year is finding the guy that can be your guy. Right now, that is Marshawn Lloyd. Like, if the season started today, it would be Marshawn Lloyd. But Christian Beal Smith, Juju McDowell, they're going to be working in with the ones. Talk a little bit more about them in a second. Rashad Amos is a guy that it may not be this year because of the other guys that they've got, but he can play a role. He can continue developing now that he's healthy. Um, This is a guy that was really productive in high school. Physically, he's impressive. He has a downhill running style. I don't think that's a player that you give up on. That that might be a guy that in the next year or two you're going, remember Rashad Amos and, and kind of what he can do. The staff seems to really, really like Christian Beal Smith and his pass protection abilities. That's something that kind of goes undervalued with backs. But at Wake Forest, you know, it was really important in their offense. And so he's advanced there. And we've all gotten a glimpse of what, you know, Juju McDowell can do in this offense. Yeah, it's, it's going to be fascinating to see how they mix and match those guys and give them carries without um, doing it too much to like to the detriment to where guys can't find a rhythm. I thought that was an issue at times last year, trying to get everybody the football, rightfully so. Everybody's earned it in practice, but then running back's got to be able to find a rhythm. Then you throw in, hey, Jaheim Bell, how many carries is he going to get? We had a long discussion about Marcus Lattimore's comment, you know, Jaheim Bell may carry the ball 100 times this year. Then you go to practice, Jaheim Bell, very slyly over there taking some handoffs with the running backs. So I I tend to think, Chris, no Kevin Harris, as you mentioned. Who Who's your short yardage back this year? Who's the guy? You know, Christian, maybe it's Christian Bill Smith. He's not, he's not the biggest, he's not as big as Kevin Harris. Um, you know, do, do you try... Rashad Amos out there. I mean, looking at, again, his his tree trunk legs look like the guy that would best be able to drive a pile forward. It's kind of like, for my Braves fans out there, Spencer Strider, their pitcher, um, has, you know, the biggest legs you've ever seen. So I, I think that's where Jaheim Bell comes into the conversation as well. We've, we've had several people ask us about DJ Twitty as well. I I mean, I saw DJ Twitty in high school. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. This is Claudia's O'Reilly Auto Parts story. I had just moved to a new city and barely even knew where the grocery store was yet. When my car wouldn't start one morning, I didn't know who to ask about local shops. But I remembered a name from back home, O'Reilly Auto Parts. I called and they pointed me to a great mechanic just down the street. Now I feel a little more at home. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. Outstanding high school running back. Actually reminded me of 
uh, Brandon Wilds in high school a little bit. Similar style, bigger guys. I think, to be completely honest, it's going to be hard to crack this group that we're talking about. That's nothing against DJ Twitty at all. It's just going to be hard to crack that lineup we're talking about. But, but Chris, who who's getting the – if it's third and one against Arkansas week two, who are you handing the football to? Well, and I asked hard to see that that question. So – might have, have a real real, answer? might have a little insight on that. Okay. And it's and it's still to be determined, I think. I've framed it as this. It was more of him almost trying to get to prove one of my theories. So a bad question on my part, right? Instead of just asking it, trying to but I was asking about Christian Beale Smith because you pointed out he is lighter than Kevin Harris, which he is by a decent amount. But when he was at Wake, he showed a propensity for being able to get those short yardage plays. I mean, he's a tough runner, like a tougher than he looks runner and pretty adept in those situations. And so I asked, is, is that a potential role for him? And while he said, yes, he said, yes, but you want your number one back to be able to pick that up too. So you kind of talking about Marshawn Lloyd there, you know, Juju McDowell, he said can be a really good third down back, but you also have to consider if you've got him out there in certain situations, what about pass protection? You know, so, um, certainly there are some guys, you know, Amos, DJ Twitty, like those are bigger guys who are good in short yardage, but it almost sounds like ideally they would like their top couple, top few backs, their number one back to be able to go out there and be trusted in that situation as well. But I still think you're, you're, if, if all right, we've seen South Carolina, you know, every team, third and one, you roll the jumbo, group out there you got Nate Atkins at tight end you got Wyatt Campbell at tight end you got you know you're you're sitting there you're putting the, yeah. the big boys out there are you are you if you're already subbing and you know and I think you know in a perfect world it's kind of like you you don't if you're staying in the same personnel package otherwise like let's say you're just going to stay in three wide or something you don't want to have to trade out you don't have to bring out your running back and put somebody else in there and allow the other team to substitute, right? Like you you want to be, okay, my guy's going to get this one yard, whether it's Juju, you know, Lil Turbo, Marshawn Lloyd, or no, no matter who it is, right? You want to feel good about it. But if we're subbing guys out and we're going goal line, that's who I'll be curious to see. When, when you're already subbing them in and out, are you still leaving Lloyd in there? Because you're like, oh, my guy's going to get this one yard. Or are you truly going to a bigger back? That's what that's what only time will tell us. Like the first time that happens this season, I'll be curious to see is there, you know, is there a changeup? And uh, sorry, go ahead, Chris. I think you got something. No, I, I was. I, I'm just like over here, like ooh, I have to give me your, and I, I can do mine first. Give me your, your. What is your goal line package? It's. Third and goal on the one or two. What do you have based on this year's personnel? So you can kind of get creative with it. Okay. My goal line package, obviously, um, Rattler at QB. I've got, I'm trying to think. Nate, Nate Atkins is on the field. Stog is on the field, and 
because he's done it before, Trey Jones is on the field. Um, and Trey Jones could either, you know, sometimes teams will go goal line and it'll be, um, wait, how many is that? Five, eight, nine, ten. No, I need, an, I need another. So, so five O-line, I'm putting Wyatt Campbell and um, Wyatt Campbell, Nate Atkins, and Stogner as my tight ends. Trey Jones at fullback. Jaheim Bell at running back. And then you can either have a lead blocker with Trey Jones at fullback, or you could go play action to Stog give you a big target, or you could go play action um, with Jaheim out of the backfield as a great uh, option either just to get lost in the trash like man coverage, or he'd be good for, you know, run after the catch as well if you dropped it underneath into the flats. I love it. I I, I like the Jaheim at running back, you know, thing. I think that's the key. Because you, you can hand it to him. Or you can oh, yeah. use them. Yeah, like he, this, uh, that's, and that's kind of what I was getting at, man. I, I mean, I want to see some of these guys. We're, y'all, we're not watching scrimmages right now. They haven't even scrimmaged yet, but we're not going to see it when they do. So I don't know what progress these guys have all made. And I, you know, I haven't really seen that much of Kristen Beale Smith, um, you know, in person, up close. So maybe he is the guy. But from what I know, from what I've already seen, Jaheim Bell is maybe is the guy I'm handing the football to on third and goal from the one or on, you know, third down with one to go, even at the 50, like that's, that's the the guy I think I'm going to hand the football to. Do you have any tweaks to my personnel? Well, I definitely wanted, I wanted to make sure Trey Jones had a role. I also wanted to see if you were going to shoehorn a Jordan Birch or Zach Pickens in there. That, that's what I'm trying to work through in my head. I wanted those two in there for, and I'm not gonna have Birch throw a pass again, unless the guy's wide open. But we won't bring that up. But Zach could carry it. Jordan Birch could carry it. But when you think about that, you're like, okay, now now you're taking the ball out of Jaheim's hands, or you're losing a really good, you know, a blocker like Trey Jones, right? Yeah, but I, I like your combo. You've got a lot of gadgets going on when you do that. You know, like you've yeah. got. If if I was going to introduce that, I would take I would take Rattler off the field, and I would stack Trey Jones. And if you want to get one of those two guys involved, track or stack Trey Jones and Zach Pickens, one to the left, one to the right, and then um, direct snap the ball to Jaheim and just be like. Uh, like some some high school teams call that like a hammer package where you're just like you're going big uglies. You got ten guys out front, right? And then you're snapping the ball directly to your best athlete. Um that's that's what we're doing if it's if it's me and I want to really sort of muck this thing up, I guess you'd say. Yeah. And, you know, it's an it's an important question. I mean, again, we're just kind of goofing off a little bit but it's gonna be ask us yeah i mean it's it's important they're not gonna ask us but obviously important for south carolina to go score when they get down there this year 
I don't remember off the top of my head statistically in the red zone. I'm kind of blanking on that, what the numbers look like for South Carolina last season. That the Tennessee, you know, disastrous play notwithstanding. We'll have to go look that up real quick. Yeah, it all it all again, we're getting old, man. We saw we've seen a lot of ball covering things on Gamecock Central. It's all kind of run together a bit. But um yeah, it'll be very interesting to see. We're going to talk a little bit of recruiting in a second, but before we do so, I want to tell you about our good buddies um, at Liberty Tax right here in Columbia. You can overcome your tax ID, 803-462-5576. Again, that's 803-462-5576. Obviously, the 2022 tax deadline has long passed, but the tax team at Liberty Tax is still there to help you. If you own a small business and you need advice, you need bookkeeping and payroll services for LLCs, S-Corps and C-Corps, or if you unfortunately owe money to the IRS, they can help you out, uh, help you settle your debt rather than you having to call one of those late night 1-800 numbers. They've got a new location at 551 St. Andrews Road. That's by the Harbor Freight. Also locations uh, in Lexington at by, right by the Dunkin' Donuts at 1123 South Lake Drive and in Irmo near where Chris lives at the Kroger 7467 St. Andrews Road. Again, 803 5576 shout out to Liberty Tax. Recruiting, Chris. Um let's see. Who do we want to talk about? Xavier McLeod has made it clear that he wants to be done with the process soon. Um I think uh, you know, based on what you and I have heard, I think soon could be uh by the end of this week. And it's been interesting, man. This one's been kind of kind of fun to track, actually, in that it's been one of those I've long thought he's going to end up at South Carolina, but at about 10 different points in the process, my confidence in that has like wavered up and down and up and down, and it's kind of been a different team each time, you know? So if this thing finally closes out, you know, this week, where where do you think this thing's headed with Xavier McLeod, of course, Camden, four-star, class 2023 defensive tackle? Yeah, I still think South Carolina's in a good spot. As you accurately stated, in my opinion, it has kind of ebbed and flowed during the recruiting process for a few different reasons. And I think where this thing has ended up, Wes, it really seems like, you know, the, the Florida, you know, the Florida Gators have kind of made uh, a pretty big push, right? I mean, it kind of seems like they've worked themselves into position to be a dark horse. But, yeah, I think uh, for, for McLeod, the Gamecocks have been in the best position. They've been there. It's kind of the whole stronger, longer thing. And s- sometimes that can even – can end up backfiring a little bit with, with certain guys if they've been to your campus, you know, a 100 times and they don't commit. But with Xavier McLeod, it looks like things are still aligning pretty well for for South Carolina. Yeah, man, I think, to, to your point, Florida – and there hasn't – I don't believe he's even put out the official top finalists anymore. If it's a three, if it's a four, I think the last he said it was probably going to be a top four. My guess, South Carolina, Florida, um, Georgia's been in there for a long time, and then kind of the outlier to this whole thing would actually be Michigan. I, I think those are – those are the four I've, I've really actually heard the most about that I, I think would be the final four for him. And I don't I don't think I can go as strong as to say, like, 
done deal. But, um, you know, you do expect it to ultimately end up uh, more than likely percentage-wise being South Carolina. And that would be another, just another in-state top get for South Carolina. I think on paper, we kind of knew Monroe Freeling was going to be a long shot for Carolina. You sort of looked at the kind of three of the four. Um, you know, could, could you get Montague Rames? Could you get Marky Anderson? And now uh, can you get Xavier McLeod? If they do that, you're talking about getting what, uh, by almost all the rankings in some combination, some order, you will have signed three out of the four if you can close that out as far as in-state prospects go. Yeah, it's always so critical to, you know, when you have good players in your state, you need to sign the best ones or even most of them. The thing is, Wes, I mean, even like you look at the, like the 2010, you know, in-state class. Um, the one before was obviously uh, Stefan Gilmore, DJ Swearinger. You look at 2011, that was Jadavion Clowney. 2010, Carolina got some good guys out of the state, but they also missed on some. They didn't get, you remember, John Fulton was super highly sought after. Um, DeAndre Hopkins went to Clemson. So you're not going to get them all, even when you do extremely well in your state. You know, Clemson's going to grab one or somebody from out of state's going to grab one. But the top five to ten guys, if there are five to ten, you know, difference maker types, you need to get the vast majority of those. You can't take as much as some people are like, well, just recruit your state. You can't take 20 guys from the state of South Carolina. It's just not it's not feasible. So you're going to have to go outside your state. You're going to have to be resourceful. And the transfer portal now that is here, which South Carolina's operated that, Shane Beamer's done as well as anybody in the transfer portal the past couple cycles. Got to go to the DMV. You got to go to Georgia, Florida, North Carolina. I think South Carolina needs to do even better there or better there. But you got to land the top guys in your state. And um, they missed a couple, you know, pretty significant ones last year. Um, class before, a couple guys that didn't even really give Beamer a shot. But now this 23 class, what they built up to with some of these relationships, they're starting to cash in on those. And, you know, not that we have to kind of rehash it all, but we, because we've talked about it a bit, but I, I think have really, Chris, laid a foundation um, looking forward, you know, for 2014 as well. It's a very um, interesting class, maybe the best offensive line class I have seen the state have probably since I've been following this stuff. And I, I think South Carolina in, you know, relatively good early shape, um, you know, pretty much with, with all those guys. So that'll be interesting and fun to follow. Um what do we got rest of the week team football wise, man? Have you, uh, have you looked ahead to see when, um, with the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this, but with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado, find new upgrades, find new roads, Chevrolet. When we're going to be able to see practice, um, again, or next I have not, but how about I effort that for us? You know, well, we, we <laughs> be on the spot here. <laughs> yeah, way to go. No, we um we've gotten to see two. I think we only get what four total, right? So we're here on August 9th. I've actually got the schedule right in front of me. The next one we get to see is Friday, uh three oh five practice. And so we'll get to check out the stretch and the first four periods 
of that practice. Um, Monday, yesterday's practice, we got to see five. So only four this time. Hopefully, they'll get what they're doing in that fifth one, huh? Or all the other ones that we don't get to see. Yeah. I'd be doing a lot. Definitely. Uh, go. Be sure to go check out Colin Taylor's um, breakdown from the players. Uh, several guys speaking today on Tuesday. Uh, Marion Brown, Lavasse Carroll, Xavier Leggett, our, our boy Dante, Little Turbo Miller, Jalen Nichols. Jalen Nichols quietly, Chris, kind of locking down that left tackle spot. That sort of went, I don't want to say unnoticed. It meant it went unmentioned in the spring as much as it maybe should have been. And then uh, Tyshawn Wanamaker speaking today as well. Um, Nichols, again, he hasn't come out of nowhere. Like he's been, he's been playing in and out since he arrived at South Carolina, but I don't know if it's been talked about enough um, how much he has seemed to kind of lock down that left tackle spot, though there's a guy behind him that I've always been kind of intrigued by and think has a future in the program as a starter, B.J. Kai Moore. Yeah. Well, and, and Jalen was, I think, a co-most improved player of the spring, and so that kind of lends itself to exactly what you're talking about. Not coming out of nowhere, right, but a guy that's played a good bit of ball that has just really – taking that step forward. And so you look back to 2021 to last season, he started seven games. He was in 10 games and, um, you know, he played left tackle later in the year, but started the season and went through the whole spring. In fact, before that at left guard. And so he stayed on that left side, but they've, they've slid him out to tackle. Obviously you've got more, uh, who's also worked in at left tackle in the past during his career. That's, kind of there, but behind Nichols, Jason Turnatine, of course, transferred out. And so, um, yeah, you're right. I mean, Nichols really has – it seems like he's taken a step from last season. This was a guy that – remember South Carolina's previous staff was really high on out of high school. We were kind of baffled about how he went really kind of under-recruited. North Carolina and Auburn made pushes for him late in his high school career, but this was a big kid from Charlotte who seemed to check a lot of the boxes, who didn't go super, super highly recruited, but it looks like he's he's really starting to possibly reach his potential. Definitely, man. Um, Travis asked, uh, do we have the most combined starts by an O-line group in all of college football? I have no idea, man. That's a great question. I, I wonder where this thing sort of compares to South Carolina O-lines in the past as well. Um, you got to think that um, there, there's more experience with this group than than most of the ones in recent memory. Also, another note, Chris, I, I think um, everybody might need reminding of is that Wednesday, 7 p.m. ESPNU, it is de- the debut of the Welcome Home South Carolina Football five-part miniseries on ESPNU. Again, 7 o'clock ESPNU, Wednesday, August 10th. Me personally, man, I'm kind of excited about this. I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be interesting. And I think we may, there's probably some things we can learn and then write about (laughs) from this thing as well, I think. So I'll be curious to see how, like I'm a big Hard Knocks fan. I love that show. How much, how much will it be personal storyline with some of the guys? How much actual football are we going to see? How edited will it be you know like it i, I think it'll be interesting the, the nfl is one thing completely <laughs> different with college guys college players you know so yeah it's gonna be very we're going in this thing blind i'll be curious to see exactly 
how they structure the whole thing. Well, I've, I've got pretty high expectations because I just I love that type of stuff. I, somebody asked me today on the Insiders Forum on Gamecock Central kind of what I was expecting. And what I kind of said was like, you know how they do the SEC insides on SEC Network? During yeah. the year, and it's, it's typically the lead up to a game, like a game week, and then during the game, kind of like that, except I would anticipate a little bit more personal stories. And obviously, it's not a game week with, with this type of stuff, but I think it's going to be really cool. Um, Shane Beamer, you know, still operates in the college football space to where there's not going to be open practices like there were years ago under Steve Spurrier. This is just how college football is now, but he does peel the curtain back, you know, a lot more than other college football coaches. And we see that on social media a lot. And so some of these new content things that are coming out from the university or university partners, just like this, I think are, it's going to be a really cool benefit for the fan base and, and for us, like you said. Yeah. We had a question from Michael on YouTube asked when the next Beamer presser will be. Um, that will actually be, let's see, Saturday after um, Saturday night after the scrimmage. Beamer is going to speak um, at Williams Bryce Stadium, actually. So we'll we'll be able to probably some news from that man. I mean, first scrimmage of the preseason shall be interesting. And uh, yeah, I, I'm excited about this show too. I'm I maybe have too high of expectations. I'm picturing I'm just picturing it's something about the um, Hard Knocks music that um just is it's perfect amazing. for that show and they do they do such a good job of just i don't even think about this stuff when it comes to movies like i just kind of watch movies but something about hard knocks like their cinematography like the shots they use um to show football it's like it's next level like it is just so well done that i am hopeful that this will get the same exact um, experience or or provide the same experience for fans out there. Again, a five-part video series on South Carolina that will lead right up. um, Let's see. uh, The the final one would be after South Carolina's first game of the season. So that's exciting. Appreciate y'all joining us. I I think I'm – I think I'm done talking for today, Chris. What uh, you what, do you got, what do you got on your brain, man? Let's go hunker down on some some more content for the people. Speaking of that, I'll, I will give two shameless plugs, but I don't I actually. I mean, they're shameless because I don't feel bad about them at all. August twentieth, Gamecock Central preseason kickoff party at Steel Hands Brewing, free event. Steel Hands just released the lineup officially for the concert part. Presented by 1801 Venture Club, as you see up on the screen, 1801vc.com, amazing organization. You may be saying, what is 1801 Venture Club? We're going to tell you a lot more about it in the coming days here and on Gamecock Central. You're going to learn more about them at the party, but go ahead to 1801vc.com and make sure uh, you read all about it. Lineup is out for the concert, Wes. It's going to be an all-day event. Lots of surprises still to come. VIP tickets still available. So go get your VIP tickets for the concert and the Gamecock Central preseason kickoff party presented by 1801 Venture Club. This thing's really coming together. It's 11 days away. Really excited about it. One more thing also, the deal is still live. Not going to tell you when it's ending, but it's not going to be very long. So if you're not a Gamecock Central subscriber, 
GamecockCentral.com right now, right at the top. Subscribe, 50% off an annual or a monthly subscription for a limited time. So go get on it. Never been a better time, I would argue, Wes. No doubt, man. I'm excited. Got a lot going on, and we are glad to have each and every one of you right beside us for all of it. And uh, Chris and I will both be there, maybe even a little extra GC live show, maybe live from uh, the kickoff party there early on. Um, So with that said, I actually, I still have this queued up from last year, Chris. So I'm going to let the tunes of our guy, Patrick Davis, play us on out. Um, If you want to stick around and listen, this is actually about six minutes from the concert last year. Um, That's all we got for today, but uh, we'll have Patrick out there and uh, he'll be uh, doing his thing as he always does. Uh, Very, very entertaining. Looking forward to that part as well. So for Chris, I'm Wes. We appreciate y'all. We'll see you very, very soon, and uh, y'all have a good one. We know I come from a long line of cops just like me who never stop believing despite our history. Cause though there's been heartbreak and oh so many tears I know one day I won't have to say wait until next year Cause I watched every quarter of 2010 From the beach down of Bama to Atlanta's bitter end And I've cheered for Al John Jeffrey, Melvin Ingram and Connor Shaw Legendarian and Marcus were the best I ever saw. Yeah, and I hate them Georgia Bulldogs, Florida Gators, and Rocky Town. Oh, what else can I say? I'm just a big old cow. Yes, and when I die, I have just one request. So if you could. Would you promise me this? These boys can still kick the SEC's ass right now. I I play quarterback probably, right? I just hand you the ball. I just hand you the ball. I just hand you the ball every time. I've got one year of eligibility left, guys, in case you need me. All right, boys and girls. This is the emotional part of the song. If something happens to me between now and the last weekend in November, I want y'all to throw me in the cooler at Steel Hands and bring me out on that Saturday when we're going to kick Clemson's ass. And we're going to have one hell of a party. We're going we're to have Ryan's going to be there. Corey's going to be there. Eric. Oh, that's right. Oh, he, he's, he, was, he was good. Yeah. Hey, Brian Maddox right there. All right. So listen, boys and girls, we're going to have a hell of a tailgate party if that's where. And even if I don't die, we're still going to do it. OK. And the Midnight Choir is going to be there. And this is how it's going to go down. Coach Beamer is going to show up, too. Here it goes, boys and girls. Put a keg on my coffin inside the state fairgrounds. Serve chicken and biscuits with all the fixes. Gather everyone around. Have Coach Beamer say some words. Let Hootie lead the choir. And then send the boys off to destroy them damned old Clemson Tigers. Cause I heard all the stories of the day George Rogers. Now back in 1980, he made the whole nation holler. And I've seen that photograph of young Steve Tanny Hill. 
Because every morning at 6.29, he'd crank his Marshall up to about 11, and he'd play some Led Zeppelin or some Jimi Hendrix or some Almond Brothers and shake our asses right out of bed. So if you will, put your hands together for the man, the myth, the legend, my old man, Mr. Rusty, the human alarm clock, Davis. Give him some chicken picking, Daddy. Chicken and biscuits with all the fixings Gather everyone around Corey, come back Have Coach Beamer say some words Let Mark Bryan lead the choir And this send the boys off to destroy Them damned old clips in time Cause I've heard all the stories Of the great George Rogers Now back in 1980 It made the whole nation hot And I've seen that photograph Of young C. Teddy Hill Up at Old Nest Valley Signing his name on Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.